Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What is up, IDP Army? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, at 50 Shades of Drunk, back at you again. We are in the, well, I guess we're in the postseason uh, for real football, but the Dynasty offseason has just begun. So today I have a special show for y'all. We're going to do some real talk. We're going to talk the truth about IDP linebacker um, with my man, John Macri from PFF. We'll bring him in in just a second. We're just going to talk about, you know, the top 12 guys, how they perform, maybe who surprised us, who didn't. Um, how we feel about their value going forward, and yeah, just what we can take away from this season. As always, uh, be sure to like and subscribe where you're at. Um, you know, we appreciate that. Leave a five star review. That would also be awesome if you are on the iTunes world. And yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and bring in my man John. John, what's up, brother? How's it going, Jordan? Thanks for having me. Yeah, not a problem. I'm excited to have you on and uh, really pick your brain and uh, learn some things here about some of these guys. Uh, these top 12 finishers at linebacker from 2020. It's crazy to think that the season's really over, especially with all the drama coming in. Like we're, we're past it. Like we're looking to the next season. Yeah. It's kind of nuts, right? Like it, it, you you would have had to assume like at some point, maybe we lose a game or lose a week of the season just from how things were shaping up. But yeah, I mean, you got to be kind of impressed with the NFL, whether it was stubbornness on their end or just doing a good job, a combination of both, whatever. But we got through it and got a full season out of it. And obviously fantasy players are happy and so is the NFL. So it's awesome. Yeah, everybody's bread got buttered still. So all 16 games. So, um, well, guys, we're going to before we jump into the top 12 linebackers, we did have a a question come in today on Twitter. I thought it would be fun to bounce it off of John here and kind of get his take on it. Question was from uh, Cody Snow 25 on Twitter, and he basically just asked, at what point in a dynasty startup draft do you start looking to draft IDP players? Um, I'll defer to you, John, first, and then I'll kind of give my thoughts on it. Sure. Yeah. So it's a good question. And I think it's like it's one that I. I get pretty commonly like um, for people that are just starting into IDP, a lot of people like to do the dynasty startup kind of thing. And I I tell them, you know, for the most part, what you want to do, you want to build your offense first, right? So you want to try and collect your stars on offense as you normally would. And probably looking to build almost a starting lineup on offense, right? You want at least a good running back or two. You want a handful of wide receivers, three or four, a good tight end, maybe a quarterback, right? Quarterback's a deeper position, so you can maybe wait on that one. So I usually, depending on the on the size of the league, I guess, but I, I like to wait till like round seven-ish, maybe around there, seven or eight. Um, sometimes I go a little later, just depending on what the value is on those offensive guys. They're just, I find it's harder to 
to come by the talent and on offense than it is for, for some of like uh, the linebackers and stuff like that, that start coming off the board um, early. Like you'll see some guys reach a lot of the times in maybe the third or fifth round or something for a Darius Leonard or something like that. And it's, you know, there's still a lot of uh, offensive stars on the board. Those are your money makers, right? Where you can, you could probably pull a good linebacker still later on. Yeah. I agree that that seven is kind of the sweet spot. I think that's where you can start to look if you've, you know, if the draft has gone favorably for you so far and you feel like if you said you have two running backs, you like you have th- two or three wide receivers, you have a flex guy that you're like, if I had to start him every week, I'm fine with that. Then, yeah, I would start looking at my, uh, you know, at my defensive players anywhere from around seven to 10. I'm probably going to take my first guy. Um, and I like, I like going linebacker there. I know it's a, I know a lot of the conventional wisdom or the anecdotal advice is go, you know, get a high level defensive lineman, but they just don't score as many points. And you know what I mean? Just overall. Um, and the, the volatility of the position is very tight end ish where it's like, yeah, a guy can be great one year and then he can just fall off two or three years and he'll be great again a few years later. Um, and it's very, and you know, with linebackers, you know, when you get a Blake Martinez or a Joe Schober on your team, you know what you have on your team. And I would rather do that with one of my early defensive picks than play this kind of Russian roulette game with defensive line players. Um, that's kind of my take on it. What, what Do you like to take defensive line first? Do you like taking high-level linebackers first? or? Yeah, like I, I – it depends, right? Like it depends on how the kind of flow of the draft ends up going, but usually like it's got to be like an elite, like defensive lineman. Like there's maybe like two or three, right? Like, you know, this year coming into drafts, it was, you know, it was um, like Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Daniel Hunter, right? Only one of those guys, I mean, even arguably didn't even work out Joey Bosa. So um yeah, but I mean, linebacker is the safer pick, right? Like, you know, like you said, you know what you're getting. The floor for the defensive line guys are, is so much lower, too, because if they're not getting sacks, they're not really getting you much, right? So, yeah, yeah I, I don't mind that tactic is going, going linebacker first. And it's so much easier to pull a defensive lineman, you know, kind of out of your lineup. We're kind of going down a wormhole here, but, you know, out of your lineup, if he hasn't hit a sack two or three weeks and have him on your bench when he does go off, right. whereas – we were still playing Corey Littleton and Joe Schobert early in the season when they were eh, and Joe Schobert came through in the end, you know, but there was yeah. a time very early on when it was a little bit hairy, but you didn't take him out of your lineup. Yeah. Um, you did, you know, start pulling guys out of your lineup. Like Frank Clark, by the end of the season, I was like, and, you know, he was top 15 defensive line pick. He was basically droppable. I mean, he was garbage. Like, yeah. you want, that won't, you know, that happened to Corey Littleton, but that's a pretty rare occurrence at the linebacker position barring an injury. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, you wrote an awesome piece about uh, Corey Littleton for on PFF, and you put up a dope thread uh, early in the season. So, um, where can people find that? Do you have it t- uh, pinned anywhere, or, or what's or retweet it later for us, maybe? Or yeah, yeah, I could throw that out. Um, actually, in my in my Twitter profile at PFF underscore Macri, um, the the bio link is a link to my author's page on PFF. So all my, all my written stuff is up there. Um, So those little tit articles there and yeah, it kind of hit on it a little earlier, right? We just noticed that he was in kind of the wrong scheme. He wasn't being used the same way he was in LA. Uh, He wasn't really benefiting from having like an Aaron Donald on the defensive line to open things up for him. And yeah, it, it, I mean, it, 
I, I said like he could possibly turn it around just because the opportunity was there, but it, he didn't really get that opportunity afterwards. He was playing so poorly that um, Nicholas Morrow ended up taking over his job once he got hurt. So, <laughs> dude, Nicholas Morrow was fired down the season. I was yeah. not on him the way I should have been. He's dual tagged on a sleeper too with a, a DB right. tag. So, mm-hmm. woo, fire. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I hope that helped answer your question, my man Cody. Um, and uh, I guess we'll go ahead and jump into the the linebackers. Um, you know, we're gonna talk about the top twelve guys that finished the season. IDP one two three scoring. If you don't remember what IDP one two three scoring is, y'all go check out my pinned tweet. It also talks about impact plays, which I recently had that article go up on Dynasty Nerds. That will also be in the link to this on the YouTube's. And yeah, we're just gonna talk about the you know the truth about linebackers in twenty twenty. Um, you know, we're going to hit you all with the facts, you know, separate facts from fiction. And we're going to see, uh, you know, what's up. And I got a little drop here from my man, Gucci Mane. All right. So that's my first drop on a show. I had to pay homage to the trap god, Gucci. You already know. All right. So let's dive into this, my man, John. The top 12 linebackers for y'all in 2020. King, kingpin of the house was Devin White, 355 points. Roquan Smith, 339. Zach Cunningham, 315. Blake Martinez, 309. TJ Watt, 307. Joe Schobert, 304. Jalen Smith with 299. Bobby Wagner with 289. Darius Leonard with 288. Deion Jones, 284. Eric Wilson, 280. And then Foysaid Olakun, I hope I'm saying his name right, with 274 points. Boom. John, who on that list is the most surprising? There's a couple of guys on here that are kind of, you know, surprising. But um, who, who surprised you the most on this list? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think the obvious surprises are probably Wilson and Aluacon, right? But in a, in a way to kind of go away from the, the obvious here, I'm going to say Devin White um, at number one. Just to, just to be number one, right? Like, not that he's not in the top 12 conversation, but landing number one uh, overall is pretty impressive. Playing next to somebody like Levante David, um, who's also a tackle machine. I mean, the, he was just crazy efficient this year. He made the most of all of his opportunities. He landed sacks. Um, he got the tackles. He made those big impact plays, 30 impact plays, like you say. So, um, it, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Devin White... Uh, just jumping to the top of the of the charts here. Yeah, I mean, 15 games played, that's one. So he played one less game than some guys. It's only his second season. So that's crazy. I mean, some people claim they saw it coming, and maybe they did. You know, coming into the season, I've said on this show before, one of my knocks on Devin White was last year, he did have a lot of big plays, impact plays. Like, he had, like, 120-something return yards and two scores last year. Like, he was, like, forcing fumbles. And I was just like, look, like, is he really this electric or is he like this just happening rookie, you know, kind of a beginner's luck kind of situation. So mm-hmm. I kind of knocked him coming into the season because I was like, look, if he, there's no way he's this good. And he just basically threw up the bird to me and was like, dude, get, and you know, what's crazy. He's one, he has me blocked on Twitter. This is real shit. Oh. I don't, he's like the only, he's like, there's a few people on Twitter have me blocked, but Devin White is like the, is like a player that I kind of love. And I guess when I tweeted out some stuff about, you know, maybe he's a linebacker too. I guess he saw that because players see that stuff and he wow. has me straight up blocked on Twitter. Oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> brutal, I mean, they, actually, they do their own name, right? Like, oh I, yeah. 
I know it happened. So yeah, yeah. you obviously pissed him off. <laughs> I know, dude. I, I mean, and like you said, but it's a surprise. I mean, he was the number one, and he didn't get he didn't get first team All Pro nod this year, did he? No. Oh, that's so rude. I so what does PFF say about him? I don't know. I mean, what can you disclose on the show? Obviously, I know you get you know behind yeah. behind the curtain. So what's because I know there's some people are like, is he good or is it just that he gets just does numbers? Like, what's what's the situation here? What's the truth? So, yeah, so he's good at some things, right? He he's a really good pass rusher as an off ball linebacker. All that that much we know with his sack totals this year, but where he struggles is his coverage, right? He gets absolutely demolished in, in coverage when he's tasked with either covering a, a running back or a tight end, something like that. Um, their teams are targeting him and they're aware of his weakness in that area of the, of the, of his game. So he gets targeted a lot, which I mean, that can lead to a lot of tackles as well. Right. You know, it depends on the player, but yeah, he's given up a lot of yards. He gives up touchdowns, things like that. he, he's he leaves his gaps too um so he takes chances which can pay off and and it can't it just depends um but leaving your gap will will hurt your run defense score and things like that so he's he's not one of the higher graded linebackers um at pff because of those those things but he his pass rush um grade is actually pretty solid i think it was a 76 point so nine just off the top of my head Sorry to cut you off, but are those are those uh weighted in any way? So is like a high pass rush grade mean less overall than a high coverage grade? Um so or do they all scale, you know, the same, you know, per Yeah, it, they they tend like generally they tend to, to grade the same, but like each specific play within those types of um defensive assignments um can grade differently, right? So uh, you know, him getting a sack isn't necessarily like a, an automatic plus one or something like that on gotcha. the play because it can be a cleanup sack. Um, you know, it could be just the quarterback running out of bounds for for no yeah. game and he doesn't even put hands on him, but he's there in front of him, right? Um, so those don't grade as, as highly as like if he's beating his blocker clean, getting to the quarterback in like two and a half seconds and taking him down for a sack or a strip sack or something like that. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, what do you think about him going forward next year? You think he, you know, I mean, obviously number one in his second season, is he, you know, Darius Leonard's obviously the default linebacker one in the dynasty conversation, but how do you feel about uh, Devin White? I mean, just yeah, like, what do you think? I think there's a good chance I'm not going to get any Devin White um, in any of my drafts just because people are going to want him now, right? He's going to be so heavily sought after. You know, you say that, and I've seen two drafts. I was in a draft, and I've seen a draft where he's not even—he's not even in the top three linebackers taken. Really? Still, if you can believe that, this is real life. Like, and I—I I was shocked too that I got him in the one I got him, and then I saw a draft someone sent me, and he was barely—I don't even know if he was a first-round pick, and it was an all IDP league, man. It was crazy. Wow. So I that, know. I think well, people went heavy on DLs though, which I think is kind of a strategy that we need right. to start. I don't know. I'm going to tell my people and maybe start fading that because Devin White in the second round, that's unreal. Yeah, especially after seeing what he can do. Like, I mean, when when you when you're rushing the passer, like it just raises your floor so much more, especially at the the level that he did it. What was it? A hundred and 
109 pass rush attempts this year, which is crazy for an. And he got home, you know, on one in ten, basically. You know, I mean, just rounding a little bit here, but yeah, that's that's wild. So yeah, Devin White, y'all, I got him. I don't have him anywhere because apparently I hate him, and he knows that, so he blocked me. But um, I actually did that draft I'm talking about. uh, I was the one who draft. I drafted him in a a draft. He was like the sixth or seventh linebacker come off the board. Um, So I was happy to get him where I did. I don't have him anywhere because, like you said, he he was expensive last year, and it doesn't look like his price has really moved yet. So we'll we'll see how that rolls out. Um, Number two on the list, y'all, we had Roquan Smith, um, third year linebacker out of Georgia. Uh, 33 impact plays. That is a highlight right there because only one other player uh, in the linebacker group had that many. That's even more than Devin White had. 98 solo tackles. I mean, that's a, a bomb number. I mean, I think that was what was a good for second in the league, I believe. Yes. And 139 combined tackles, sixth in the league. And he had 18 tackles for loss, which was second in the league behind only TJ Watt. What are your thoughts on Roquan Smith's uh, monster year, which is, you know, kind of overshadowed by what Devin White did, but in its own right was, you know, pretty special. For sure. And Roquan Smith has looked good. Like, you know, in the same vein that Devin White has kind of struggled in coverage, Roquan Smith has actually looked like a good coverage linebacker, which is just surprising um, because he wasn't really that um, coming out or in his first year um, or first two years, I guess it's been now. Right. Um, But he's one of those guys that's just always on the field and he's always making plays. He's everywhere. Um, He, he had those two sacks in week 14, which was huge, right? Especially for people in the fantasy playoffs. And then he had a monster game in week 16. So he really, yeah, I don't know. I don't, can't remember where he was in the standings before the fantasy playoffs took off, but he jumped to the top um, for sure with those games. And um, it, I, I mean, I guess this is not that it's surprising, but like considering his year last year where it was kind of up and down, I know he missed missed a game or two, but he, you know, he had really quiet games and then he had these big games. He was almost boom or bust a little bit, but yeah. um, Yeah. Really brought it all together this year for sure. Yeah. He uh, really, like you said, down the stretch when it really mattered, he was, you know, getting home for your team in a big way. Uh, He had that two, he had a two interception game as well, I believe. Um, Maybe that was that week 16 game. Yeah. I think so. which was, you know, and I, yeah, he had, it was week 16 against Jacksonville. He had two interceptions. And like you said, week 14, uh, he had two sacks. Uh, week 14, 39 points in Jacksonville week, fantasy championship week, 34.6. So monster games from Devin or from Roquan Smith here. What do you think about uh, the trade value of Roquan Smith? Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, I guess. W- it depends what people are offering. Like I know you you mentioned the the trade Roquan and a second for a first and a third, right? This year, I believe that is it. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's it. So, so I tend to lean to the side. This it's really close. I I tend to lean to the side with the first, and again, it just kind of comes back to that offensive point, right? Because mm-hmm. with the players you know that are coming in in the 2021 draft, there's some really good offensive players. Again, you know, there's question marks. We don't know exactly what they'll be at the NFL level, but at the same time, you know, looking at Roquan, like this was his best year, right? Out of three, we saw what he kind of was last year. So it's really, you know, there's this concern that it could be an outlier season, but he looked really good. So, I mean, he could be, 
up in this conversation again next season. But I guess I'd, I'd still probably go the first. You can still probably get a linebacker that's close. Not not going to put up the same numbers, but you could probably get somebody close in that in that range of Roquan. Yeah, that trade he's referring to is that one I did uh, in the big league. Shout out big league if anybody's listening over there. Uh, Roquan Smith and a 2022 second I received for a 2021 first and a 2021 third. Um, in that league, we play more defensive players than offensive players. So, and I'm my linebacker ones like Christian Kirksey and Rashawn Evans. So I was like, look, it was a weakness on my team this year. And because we're so weighted heavily towards defense and because I do kind of preach to people that Roquan is a player that I think is value similarly to a, a, a first round pick. Um, you know, I say that. So I was like, do I really believe this or not? And I was looked at my team. I said, you know, this is a move that I think I should make. So I did that trade. Let's talk, um, you know, and that's just picks for players. Let's talk about, player for players let's talk uh Roquan for a running back I'm gonna throw some line running backs at you and then Roquan Smith you know is the other one let's assume IDP one two three scoring and let's assume you know a super flex uh you know two two flex um you know and then 11 IDP starters okay so Roquan Smith or Melvin Gordon dynasty Roquan Smith okay I'm not a big Melvin Gordon guy I'm not a believer yeah. All right, Roquan Smith or Ronald Jones? I'd probably still go Roquan. I, 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 I mean, Tampa Bay, I don't know. They don't seem crazy about Ronald Jones. Like, they're using him a little bit more, but they brought in Lenny, and it's like, you, I mean, if they don't see that Leonard Fournette is crap, but they keep throwing him out onto the field, yeah. it's not a good sign. Yeah, he's uh, he's a big boy these days, too. I don't oh. think he's been packing on the pounds. <laughs> All right, Roquan Smith or here's kind of a crazy one, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think there, there might be a little something to this Jeff Wilson thing. You think so? I don't know. He had like 10 touchdowns this year, like one key. And Shanahan's just like – I think he's like tired of playing with his running backs because he had Jarek McKinnon situation. He's had the Raheem Mostert situation. He just like, look, I don't care who it is anymore. Like it's just that guy just go. And right now that guy's Jeff Wilson basically. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like the Shanahan offense, like it feeds running backs. Right. So if, I mean, if Jeff Wilson ends up being a bell cow running back in that offense, then yeah, he's, he's kind of a, I would, right? so. yeah. What do you think? But I mean, I'm probably Roquan on that one. I got, I'll throw you two more that I think are a little bit more enticing. Okay. Roquan or Antonio Gibson? I'd go Gibson. Roquan and Kareem Hunt. Ooh, that's That's a tough one. Um, Man, I know I'm just putting you on the spot here. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I mean, this is I know this is the content people want, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, and I know these are these are the existential questions we have to ask yeah. ourselves. Yeah, I'm just thinking like Kareem Hunt. I think is a free agent at the end of this year. I know. I think he signed like a two year deal with them. I think he's like in a situation where he should be cozied up to the Browns for at least another year. Right. So okay, and I mean, I do like the way they use him. Like they Chubb is there. I don't know. I might be biased because I'm a Browns fan, so I'm going to say Kareem Hunt. All right, that's fine. And let's go with his stable mate, David Montgomery. Roquan or Montgomery? Yeah. Yeah, Montgomery was huge this year. Towards the end, yeah, he did ball. Yeah, yeah, probably stick. God. It's Dynasty, I know. And when I think about Dynasty and I look at, like, Bobby Wagner, who's, like, 30, 
and he's sure. still like a top 10 guy. And I'm like, Roquan could just rattle off like seven top 10 finishes. Yeah. And I'm like, I would be lucky to get three top 10 finishes out of David Montgomery if I'm being completely honest with myself. It's true. And then the shelf life for running backs is not as long. Yeah, you can fix me. I'll, I'll go Roquan. <laughs> All right. There it is. We got some IDP love on the show, y'all. Yeah. We're, we're about that life. All right, let's go ahead and move on past Roquan. Number three on the list was Zach Cunningham. Had 315 points, IDP 1, 2, 3 scoring. Played 16 games. Led the NFL in tackles with 164 combined. Uh, average, that's essentially 10 tackles a game. Uh, second most tackles in the league last year as well, 2019. So he is a known tackle monster. I know there was some... Uh, FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt in the middle of the season whenever his snaps were, um, they weren't intact. And, you know, there's nothing that shakes the faith of an IDP player like, you know, one week of snaps going down (laughs) that really fires up the article. So Zach Cunningham, though, is like, you know what, screw it. I don't need more than 70% of snaps to get my 10 tackles. And he just did it over and over again. Down the stretch, he did play all the games. What are your thoughts on Zach Cunningham going forward? I mean, to me, he looks like one of, He's not a fun linebacker to own because he makes his hay tackling. You yeah. know, he is a tackle-based linebacker. Um, actually, I'm going to tr- um, – he's a tackle-based linebacker. He only had 13 impact plays, um, three of those being sacks. So, I mean, those were high-leverage ones as well, so that helped boost his score. But honestly, without those, I mean, he's basically impact play less. So yeah. w- what are your thoughts on Zach Cunningham, though? I know he got his big contract last summer. Um, mm-hmm. as one of the last players in that regime of people to get that. So uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I love Zach Cunningham. So I, I wrote up a, an article at the beginning of the season, the kind of like a My Guys article. And uh, and Zach Cunningham was, he was my top linebacker for, for My Guys, just because I feel like he was really undervalued coming into drafts. Like outside of people that already owned Zach Cunningham on their fantasy teams, like I feel like a lot of people didn't really pay the respect to the the man that he he deserved because he, like you said, he is a tackle machine. He's also a missed tackle machine. <laughs> um, he led the league. He led the league in missed tackles with twenty two. So I mean, he could have had even more Woo! points if he had half of those. Right? That's like, crazy to think about. Led the yeah. league in tackles and missed twenty two. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. So, He's just always, I mean, that, but it's a sign that he's always around the ball too, right? Yeah. Like he just he follows the ball. He gets there and he makes plays. Uh, I really like Zach Cunningham. I mean, Houston gave him that big contract. I'm not worried about him going forward. Yeah. I think he'll you know, be a top choice. Yeah. The tackle floor is basically like one of the most intact things there is. Um, if he just, you know, like I said, if the fear of the snaps wasn't there this year, there would have been really nothing to say except for, you know, play him every week. Um, briefly, just so people can get the idea of a difference of what like a tackle based linebacker versus like an impact play linebacker looks like. This is Zach Cunningham's profile, um, you know, 67 percent solos and then he has 18 uh, percent assists. So, I mean, that's good for what almost. 70, 90% of his points are coming from tackles, essentially. So then you go over, you know, look at a guy like Roquan, much smaller portion of his uh, scoring is coming from tackles. Still a lot, 57, then you put tackles, that's 60. But, you know, he's getting sack points. He's getting big tackle for loss points, um, you know, with his tackle for loss number second in the league, a couple of interceptions. Um, so that's, you know, and then, again, we'll just go back to Zach Cunningham. Look how much more, like, bland and kind of just boring this yeah. is. So that kind of gives you an idea of, like, where he's scoring, how he's scoring. Um, just thought I would share that with the people. But 
you know, Zach Cunningham is the perfect example of this, this, you know, kind of bread and butter linebacker where, I mean, what he had 10% of his points came from something outside of a tackle. So, um, yeah. but like you said, he's always there for the tackle. So maybe the, you know, he turns into, if he turn if he turns into a playmaker on top of this, you know, he gets those impact plays up to, you know, that 20 range, you know, he could, he could blow into that top three. I mean, he was a top three guy. He could blow up even higher. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to Blake Martinez. I'm going to pull this guy up on the screen here too. Blake Martinez this year, uh, 16 games played. He's an Iron Man. Basically, plays 16 games every single year. 100 or 309 points in IDP one to three seat scoring. Fourth straight season with 140 combined plus tackles. 151 this year, if you can believe that. 21 impact plays. That's a nice, good, that's a good number. And the, you know, the, the crazy thing is he played through a little bit of injury here towards the end of the season, um, you know, with a back injury and uh, the ankle injury, but he still, you know, suited up, went out there and got work, got it done. So what are your thoughts on Blake Martinez? I know coming into the season, you know, the, the fear again was uh, he's moving teams. You know, we should be afraid. We don't know what's going to happen to him. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, he was, a, he was a value. I got him as a linebacker, like, Linebacker like 13 off the board last year in Dynasty startup, if you can believe it. That's how, like, you know, we quick, we're quick to forget, you know, the narratives that were, you know, floating around like wildfire. But uh, he turns in his best season of his career, basically. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Blake Martinez and going forward in, in, in New York? Yeah, I mean, and that's that's crazy. I'll be 13. I mean, for for Blake Martinez, I guess it's just because he changed teams. Like, if he was still in Green Bay, I doubt that he's going that late um but yeah yeah that's nuts but i mean he's just reliable right like that's like you could like you could say like you said you just kind of put him into your lineup and you don't ever have to worry about him like he's out there every single play every week and he's in a good system for that too i think like so green bay ran a similar system and that they they ran basically one linebacker um and and it was rare that they'd have a second linebacker on the field the giants do the exact same thing um they run more dbs than linebackers so he's going to be the one linebacker um that's out there and yeah i mean he's going to rack up tackles because of it i didn't realize that he was hurt as well playing through injury um so not like super that. bad, but like you know, banged up towards the end of games, getting pulled off, you know, kind of just reaching down, grabbing his ankle and stuff. Had a designation. He'd played, like I said, but um, people, you know, this that Giants defense was better than people realized coming in. And you know, Peppers was hurt a little early in the season too. So, you right. know, Gettleman's a, a great meme, but you know, he seems to be put, but he he'd be putting some playmakers up there. You know, big yeah, dude. He got, he got a steal on Leonard Williams too on the defensive line. I mean. Dude, yeah. yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know what to think about that guy. I mean, I had completely written him off, essentially, and blows up this year. Was it, you know, was a top guy down the stretch? I mean, through the whole season, basically. Yeah. Um, He had like a three sack game, like in the very last week, like one of the last two weeks of the season, too. (laughs) Just having just like these monster games, and you're like, okay, this is why the guy was the first round pick. And yeah, I mean, it didn't look like it with the Jets, but I mean, I guess it's the Jets, right? So yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Well, um, final thoughts on Martinez. I mean, it's kind of you're used to seeing him. He's been a top ten linebacker each of the last four seasons, uh, top five in 2020, 2018, and 2017. So, um, like I said, he's kind of undervalued. I mean, depending on your drafts, obviously, 
I think the narrative of him being a quote unquote bad linebacker, you know, by the angry Green Green Bay uh, Packers fans last year and the year before that, you know, may have bled into some of the IDP conversation. But you can't you can't lie with you know those numbers, 140 plus tackles four years in a row. That's that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Bobby Wagner esque right there. So definitely lock him in. All right, linebacker number five. Moving right along, we have. P.J. Watt played 15 games, fourth NFL season, 33 impact plays, tied Roquan Smith there, 15 sacks, led the NFL, 33 tackles for a loss, led the NFL. He also had 41 quarterback hits, which led the NFL. Um, Another great season from T.J. Watt. You know, he's, I mean, he's a linebacker one, and, you know, in my scoring, he's a linebacker one in fantasy pros scoring. Uh, You know, he's, I know it's unconventional and it's hard for people sometimes to break out of the uh, the norm or just like call spade a spade. But I mean, TJ Watt, when you ask people what, you know, I, I actually ran a poll on Twitter this week. I said, you know, who's a more valuable IDP asset, uh, TJ Watt or Jamal Adams? Um, the over overwhelming vote was like 60 something percent uh, Jamal Adams or not Jamal Adams, TJ Watt. Um, so I was looking at, you know, our rankings on Dynasty Nerds, and right now our consensus has Jamal Adams above T.J. Watt. So I don't know what we're going to do to get him uh, bumped up over him, but I think, you know, I've seen him go number one overall in several IDP-only Dynasty drafts. Wow. Um, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves, and he's such a, an advantage if he's DL eligible, but even to be a big play linebacker, outside linebacker, and be as consistent as he is, he's also very valuable in your linebacker spot too. So, you know, third season with seven or more passes defended, you know, that's big right there. Um, he's basically averaging, you know, three or almost three solo tackles a game since 2018. Um I mean, that's a pretty solid floor and you know you basically get a sack a game too with him so what are your thoughts on tj watt um i know they're not going to give him the defensive player of the year because we gotta just give it to aaron donald so i'll just get past that but i want everyone to know if i had a vote it would 100 be going to tj watt but um <laughs> talk to me about tj watt the linebacker yeah so well first i think they are going to give him the defensive player of the year um, you think they go, you think they'll give it to watt I think they will. Ooh. I would I would give it to Donald. So we're on the opposite end. That's here. fine. That's fine. A lot of people would, and I'm okay with that. But yeah. I think that you think you're wrong if you do that. So <laughs> but yeah, I think I think he will. I think when they give out these awards, they like to look at box score and stuff like that. And I mean the sack numbers and the tackles for a loss, that's what they're gonna they're gonna eye on. So but I mean I, I won't get into it, but I, I think it should be they Aaron robbed Donald. him last year, gave it to Stefan Gilmore. I know they robbed him. He was robbed, John. I saw a man get robbed on television. It was so sad. (laughs) Poor guy. But yeah, from an IDP standpoint, um, I mean, those sacks, those pass, pass breakups, tackles for a loss, like those are huge. Those are huge plays to get out of any linebacker. And, you know, if you're getting out of a guy like a TJ Watt, who's an edge rusher, and you know he's going to be going after the quarterback every play with a, with a high sack floor. Like, I mean, that's solid. There, there's he should be. Yeah, he's going to be probably he's got probably going to be top ten again next year, right? Like, it's just he's that good. Um, yeah, I don't think we've seen his ceiling yet. I mean, this is his most sacks in the year, and he just hit fifteen. This was a down year for sacks across the whole league. 
Um, yeah. And so for him, 15 wouldn't have got it done last year. That would have been good for like third, I think, third or fourth. 41 quarterback hits, IDP one, two, three scoring. We give them one point. Um, you know, that's a way to kind of give you know um, credit for pressures. You know, it didn't go all the way for a sack, but you know, it's a way of scoring. You know, getting to the quarterback in a way, in a fashion. Uh, 41 points there. That's big. I mean, you know, it's only one point per piece, per you know, per. But to get that close to the quarterback and get on him that much, um, that's a huge chunk of his pie. There's no other player with a you know. I mean, look at Zach Cunningham. I mean, this guy barely got close to the quarterback ever. You know, different type of player, obviously. But even Roquan Smith, who did get to the you know the get two quarterbacks or get two sacks. You know, he only had six quarterback hits. So, love to see yeah. those points from Watt. You know, I, you know, obviously quarterback hits. I think should be scored. Um, yeah. Unless you if you can do pressures and you want to do pressures, you can do that. But I feel like the quarterback hit is a little bit more indicative of affecting the quarterback. Maybe, but I don't know. Maybe I would defer no. to you and your area of expertise. Yeah, I think I think if your if your league allows for it, you definitely want quarterback hits to count, right? Um, yeah. But I know there's some platforms that just don't allow it. Um, they just don't track it, right? Which is kind of sucks. But I mean, it is what it is. But it um, is what it is. You know, you my my son's uh, kindergarten teacher says you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. So <laughs> I say I'm fine with that. I can work. You know, those are words to live by, right there. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. So yeah, you want to, yeah, the quarterback hits, the pass breakups. I mean, just everything like they're living up to the, yeah, his, his big brother, JJ SWAT at the defensive line doing the same thing. And yeah. And he's in a good scheme to do it too. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Get yeah. After I mean, they he's do it without. <laughs> he's one of their keystone pieces. They're talking about blowing things up and doing things different. I know through all of this, TJ Watt is going to be probably a stealer for life. As long as Mike yeah. Tomlin's there. TJ Watt will be there. And that makes me very excited because this isn't the Houston Texans. Like we're going to go win a Super Bowl with TJ Watt and I'm going to be here for it. So what do you think? What do you think about bringing in JJ Watt to to play? I would love that. I would love that. And I mean, he would be, I mean, that would, he'd fit in great with the Steelers who have a bunch of old dudes. Like he'd fit right in the 33 plus crowd, you know I mean? Like there's a big group of those guys in the Steelers locker room. Yeah, get him in there. They'd have uh, Derek playing fullback too, right? Yeah, just let's do it. I'm about it. Go Steelers. <laughs> let's get let's get uh, JJ a ring too. But all right, well that's our top five. Before we continue on, guys, make sure you thumbs up the video, subscribe to the channel, uh, and like. You know, more great IDP content, dynasty content on here. Um, you can support the IDP Army via Patreon. Go to check it out on Patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. And yeah, me and Steve would appreciate that. The channel would appreciate that. Continue to, you know, improve things. Go check out the IDP Army Instagram too, at IDP Army, and the IDP Army Twitter, at IDP Army on Twitter. We got some fire coming out over there as well. So let's get to man number six on the list. If y'all forgot where we're at, that's Joe Schobert. We're going to keep plugging along. 304 points, 16 games played this year. Um, You know, fourth most combined tackles on the season, 141, 19 impact plays. Fourth straight season uh, as a multi-sack player, uh, two and a half this year. Back-to-back seasons with multiple interceptions, four in 2019, three in 2020. And his third season inside the top 10 at linebacker in the last four years, a linebacker three in 2019, linebacker seven in 2017. And honestly, in 2018, he was pacing that way, but he just missed some games. So he was, you know, on a points per game basis, he was still one of the top linebackers. So, um, 
Joe Schober, you know, never leaves the field. I think he played like nine. I think he missed like one or two snaps this season. Uh, you know, honestly, he's underrated and kind of underappreciated in my opinion. I was really happy to see him go get paid in Jacksonville. And honestly, uh, give them getting Trevor Lawrence makes me all the more excited for him, the player, because I'm a Joe Schobert fan. That team is garbage. I felt bad for him this year. He still played his heart out, and now he gets Trevor Lawrence. And I think things are going to, you know, I think things could catch on in Jacksonville a little bit faster than maybe we think they could. So, yeah, we'll see. What are your thoughts on Joe Schobert and uh, the season he had and, you know, where you got him ranked and, you know, projecting going forward and all that good stuff? Yeah, so he's so similar to, like, Blake Martinez, right, in, like, many different ways in that, you know, he, they both changed teams this year. Um, they both very similar in that they don't come off the field. They're reliable when they're out there. Um, I know he was, he was kind of hurt a little bit during his time in Cleveland. Um, he, uh, maybe he might not have missed that much. He, he, he did uh, miss a, He missed a couple of games in 2018. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, he, yeah, he, when he was a Brown, he was doing the same thing, right? So he was out there, he's making those tackles. Um, you know, he's, he's, again, he's not maybe necessarily like a big impact, play kind of guy but he he like gets said, enough I, though, you know yeah, yeah. I mean, 19 I mean, isn't bad that's a pretty colorful chart you know i mean a big ch- big yeah. chunk of it obviously is your tackles and assists but i mean he's got you know a little bit of everything quarterback hits tackles for loss you know he's got a couple of interceptions the pass deflections the sacks i mean he gets a little bit of everything so yeah. you know on top of the fact that fourth most combined tackles in the league 141 um and like i said he plays every game you know and every snap of every game so yeah, and I think like even the way like Miles Jack started the year, I think people were kind of getting excited about him, right? But I mean that that kind of evened itself out because Schobert just never left the field and he just did his thing. And um, yeah, that 141 tackles, like that just seems like he can do that every year. Like it's it's crazy. And um, yeah, yeah so you say Did fourth you- straight back season. So yeah, yeah I mean he too if you let him. He's not a monster impact player. You know, he doesn't get like 25, but he's, you know, he's good for, you know, 15, 17, 18, 19, pretty much every year. And I think he could do more. And again, he does have 140, you know, tackle upside. So, you know, and I mean, yeah, I mean, a couple of forced fumbles every single year. I mean, yeah, I mean, Joe Schober's just, he, he's kind of underrated, kind of undervalued in my opinion. Um, He's always a guy that's, you know, when everybody's when it comes time to take a linebacker in your draft, uh, you can probably get Joe Schobert. He's probably the guy you can pull in round eight or nine if you don't go in round six or seven. And you're going to get a guy who, like I said, every season he's been healthy, he's been essentially 16 games starter, a top 10 linebacker. So love me some Joe show. We call him all pro Joe around here, uh, even though he's never been all pro. That's because he's also been robbed of all pro nods. Uh, But yeah, we like to get a little wild around here. All right, let's see what we got next um, on the list. After Joe Schobert was Jalen Smith coming in with a number seven, 299 points, 16 games played, career highs in combined tackles, 154 this year. That's second um, in, in the league. And then career high, 89 solo, seventh most in the league. Kind of a low impact play number, only 15. Uh, four straight seasons, though, he's played all 16 games. Third straight season with 120 plus tackles. Third straight season as a linebacker one, linebacker 10 in 2019, linebacker 11 in 2018. Currently on Dynasty Nerds, he's our consensus linebacker four. Um, and yeah, he's like I said, the the impact plays he turned in this year are a little bit lower than you, you usually want for uh you know your linebacker one. 
but he has had seasons up in that, you know, 19, 22, I believe the last two years. So he can get up into that 20 range, but he's never going to, I don't think, push into that 25, 30. But I do, you know, my question to you, maybe just to bring you into this is we just got um, Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. And we just saw Deion Jones, who we're going to get to shortly here on this list. He had a 25 impact play uh, season. Um, you know, he was used in a way where he was able to get high leverage snaps, rushing the passer behind the line of scrimmage. And he got home. But we know Jalen Smith can do that. He really wasn't asked to do that a lot this year. So what do you think about the season Jalen Smith just had? And how do you think it's going to compare to the season Jalen Smith is going to have coming up with Dan Quinn uh, coming in? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, I think I think part of it, like kind of what ha- what it has to do with, is the linebackers opposite him, Sean Lee and Leighton Vander Esch, not really guys you can rely on to stay healthy, right? So it puts more on the plate for for Jalen Smith to do kind of in coverage kind of thing. So he's not he doesn't maybe have that freedom to to work as a blitzer um, and maybe make some of those those impact plays, sacks, and and yeah, it tackles for a loss as well. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I love Jalen Smith. He's probably one of my favorite linebackers in the league. I just love his story, like coming out of Notre Dame when he, he tore his ACL and LCL and had the nerve damage, everything like that before he got drafted. Um, for him to come and play uh, and not miss a game in like whatever, it's three years. Cool. Um, played all four six, years. He's played 16 games all four years of his career. He only started six his rookie season, but he played in all 16. Yeah, see that's crazy. So he's yeah, he's uh he's one of my favorites. I think I think he can get back up. He could probably bring those impact plays up a bit. Um like you said Dan Quinn, I mean, he he put Deion Jones as a pass rusher way more than he was used to um this season, which I mean Dan Quinn's been there for a while but, and mm-hmm. didn't really do that, but he felt the the freedom to do it. So maybe he does it with Jalen Smith. I think he's probably the better pass rusher between him and Van Der Esch. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think so. So, I mean, if they're going to have anybody do it, it's going to be him. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can see him being used a little bit more aggressively this year. So, you know, I know, I mean, doesn't, is, didn't he grade out pretty poorly on PFF or isn't he like not good? Uh, who's the, who's the, uh, the, the, the Cowboys fan Marcus something, right. Um, Oh, right. Uh, Mosher. Yep. And he, during the, it was the uh, Thanksgiving game, you know, when Jalen was not doing too, too hot necessarily, or did he get an interception that game? I don't know. He was kind of, he was missing a few tackles. He got benched for a series or whatever. I mean, people were flaming that. I mean, they were quick to flame old Jalen Smith. Uh, and then he got, you know, and then the next week he didn't help himself really get into somebody's face and kind of acting all goofy or whatever. But what, yeah. what, you know, what's, what's the story with him? I mean, you know, are people, people are going to, try to fade him because he's not good anymore or like what did, what's your take on Jalen Smith the new system new coach going to be better can we just kind of ignore this whole like he sucks you know boo on him situation what are your thoughts yeah like I mean it was it was his worst season in the NFL as far as like our PFF grades go and it was pretty bad I think it was around that he was grading in the 50s or something like that when he was looking in the 70s 80s before right not great so, it's not good, um, but I mean the entire Dallas defense wasn't great this year. It's yeah, hard to no joke. Played well in a in a bad system, right? So yeah, I I mean if anybody's 
fading Jalen Smith because of, you know, his poor play, like, I, I think it's the wrong move. I mean, the guy is still, he, it's opportunity is what's the key, right, for, for IDP scoring. And he's out there. He's still, he's, I mean, he's reliable. He's healthy. He he makes plays. He, you know, you can, he, he's a, easily a guy you'd never really have to consider benching. So, Oh, yeah. Well, that's you, the thing. People were, that was a question people were asking, though, after, like, the poor play. Like, I got that question, and I'm like, look, you drafted Jalen Smith as a top guy. I know this is IDP, and there are people out there telling you you can stream everything. Don't do that. Not with a guy you drafted that high. Not with a guy who, like I said, has had 130 ta- or 120 tackles. Uh, you know, every season, the last three seasons. I mean, don't don't do that. I mean, at worst, he's a linebacker too. Like, yeah. are you, why would you bench him? Like, I yeah. I don't know. It's and part of the reason you draft him so high is for that peace of mind too. Right? Exactly. You don't put peace of mind on your bench. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, you got to go forward with them. Like Dallas is obviously they're not going to go anywhere with them. I'm pretty sure they they just they locked him into a big contract, um, right? yeah, so. like a five year thing. So, I mean, he'll be around for at least the next year, maybe two. Uh, yeah, pretty solidly. Right. Yeah, especially considering the health of Van Der Esch too, right? Like it, he's not the reliable one of the group, and yeah, Jalen will be reliable. Hasn't been paid. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Smith, I mean, for all sense of purposes, I mean, seems like he could be the leader of that defense. So, yeah. um, all right, moving on to our next guy on the list. We had Bobby Wagner coming at number eight. His ninth season in the league with the Seattle Seahawks, played 16 games, 298 points, IDP 1-2-3 scoring, had 19 total impact plays, fifth straight season with 130-plus tackles, only his third season. Uh, out of the nine seasons with double-digit tackles for loss. Interesting little tidbit. Uh, 2020 was the first time since 2015 he was not selected as a first-team All-Pro. Pro. And the question, you know, we all – we could, you know, there's nothing to say about Bobby Wagner except what do I do with him if he's on my dynasty roster. Buy, sell, hold Bobby Wagner. What's the thought on the 31-year-old going into this next season who just finished up another top-ten performance? Yeah, he's so good. Uh, (laughs) I mean, and he's like, if you want to talk about like our grading and stuff, like he's consistently like one of the top graded linebackers every single year. Like the guy just doesn't give up. Like he's so good at everything across the board. So, um, but yeah, as far as like buy, sell, hold, I mean. What's the play? You know, I mean, dynasty owners, what's what's the play? You know, that's what you really want to know is. What are you doing with him and where are you drafting him? And if you have him, what are you doing with him? You know, is he a bias or a hold? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're drafting him in redraft, you're probably drafting him pretty high. Um, just because, again, he's another one of those peace of mind guys. And he- let's talk, let's talk dynasty. Let's talk okay. dynasty right now. I'm doing a startup. Where do I take what linebacker X to X? Where would you want? Where do you think is reasonable for Bobby Wagner? So, he could retire this summer too. I mean, like there's, I mean, there's so many variables involved. So I'm, you know, so I defer to your expertise. I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. But um, yeah, for, for dynasty startup, I would probably like, I got to run through like names in my head now, basically I know. I would take over. Him. But I mean, I still think he's, he's probably in the, later part of the top 10 what um, like eight would you take all the guys we just mentioned okay Devin. okay let's just read them off Devin white you're gonna take roquan smith you'd take would you take zach cunningham or or bobby wagner i think i take wagner really okay so okay what about blake martinez or wagner 
I think. Mm, oh God. Dynasty yeah. man, you gotta take Barquinez. You got to. I know. I guess he's yeah, he's a bit younger, right? But I'm not gonna judge you here for saying something that's not Bobby Wagner. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what I would do? I'd probably draft Wagner, and then try and build a championship team for, I mean, not that you can't do that with Martinez, but I think your selling price for Wagner can be higher than what it is for Martinez, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right? Especially if, you know, you have a, uh, you know, that's always one of those league specific things, the ecosystem of your league. There's always a Seahawks fan in every league. There's always a Cowboys fan in every league. There's a Patriots fan. So, I mean, if you have that guy and you, you have a good working relationship with that guy, that yeah. you know that could definitely give him the edge. I definitely could see that going that way. Plus name value, right? Like people yeah. know Bobby Wagner. Like they've yeah. seen him in the playoffs. They've seen him everywhere. Like they know what he does. So I'm I'm probably not buying him as far as buy sell hold, but I'm it may, I'm either selling him or holding him for sure. Yeah, I'm not going to be buying him probably via trade, but I have a feeling in dynasty startups this year he will drop a little bit. And like if he can be had as like linebacker ten to fifteen, mm-hmm. um, I'm probably going to already have a linebacker at that point. So if I can get Bobby Wagner as my linebacker two, you know, in that ten eleven area, if that were to happen, you know, maybe even nine, just depending on how my team builds going, I could yeah. you know, like you said, as a win now piece as a linebacker two you know or if i push linebacker which i said earlier i don't like to do but if i did push it and got him late that's kind of where i'm at with him in dynasty he's definitely not a top five linebacker off the board for me um probably not even top eight but you know probably in that you know top 15 area i'm still comfortable taking him and it's and if i have him on a team i'm not selling him i'm just holding ride him into the sunset you know i mean maybe you could it could be this situation you could retire this summer or you could get three more 130 tackle seasons out of them. We don't know. So yeah. at this point, it's like, do you want to play the game or do you just want to, you know, hold the asset that you know is probably most valuable in your starting roster week in and week out versus trying to finagle a situation where you have another Bobby Wagner type player for five or six years? Yeah. Take the you know, take you know, take the money, so they so they say. So yeah. yeah. That's kind of my thought on Bobby Wagner. I don't have many dynasty leagues, luckily. Um not I won't say luckily, but just that's happenstance is the way it is. So it's not a real problem for me. So he's currently nerds linebacker 11, which I think is kind of a fair spot for him um, as far as the ranking goes. Uh, moving right along, we'll jump into Darius Leonard, the man, the mystery, the legend who can't play 16 games in a season. Darius Leonard played 14 games this year, third season in the NFL, had 22 impact plays um did turn in a career low in sacks which i mean he's an off-ball linebacker so like being like oh it's career low in sacks i mean like I'm, that's just like a talking point um that's awesome um i'm very happy with that but previously he did have a i believe it was five and seven before so i mean that just you know it's a notable thing currently uh ranked on dynasty nerds our linebacker one finished as the linebacker at nine on <clears throat> the season um you know Zero interceptions this year after being a five interception guy the year before. Obviously, interceptions, I mean, not something you can actually project, um, uh, especially for like a linebacker. But, you know, he had five the year before. So, I mean, I guess that's law of averages kind of coming back to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Darius Leonard, the linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts? The generally, you know, I don't know. I mean, we're having this conversation now. Consensus linebacker one. Question mark again, like what, how, you know, what's, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you have, do you have rankings that you kind of like have set up right now? And if so, is he your number one linebacker or maybe like, is he your number one IDP overall? Or what are your thoughts on Darius Leonard? ATL? Yeah. 
Yeah, I still I still probably have them pretty high. I haven't put out rankings just yet, but I mean, I can't imagine putting them outside of the top three linebackers for sure. Um, I might put him as LB1, but when it's all said and done, just like I know he does miss, he's missed some time and stuff, but man, points per game, like everything he does, he's, he's kind of another one of those guys that like he fills the stat sheet in like a number of different ways. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. And he didn't have the interceptions this year. Um, but again, like you said, it's not really a stable metric. Um, the sacks, I think again, they're lower, but I mean, I, you know, again, not a staple thing to to kind of have to rely on for an off-ball linebacker, especially if he is missing time and stuff like that. So uh, you always assume health when you're putting these rankings together. And, I mean, y- y- any of these guys really can finish as LB1, you know, whether it's Blake Martinez or, or Devin White or, or Darius Leonard. So you're really just kind of going and looking at their floor. And, I mean, he, he doesn't really have a floor below a top yeah. three, right? So, yeah. I mean, like he's basically puts up on a per game basis, the tackle floor, um, you know, that that Zach Cunningham offers you similarly. um, And he does do the and he has the impact play totals. I mean, 22, that's a good number. And he got that in 14 games. So he is definitely still, you know, the you know, he's top dog still right now. I'm pretty in nerds. I see the rankings number one. I have. TJ Watt is my number one linebacker. That's only because he's my number one overall IDP player. I wish we would put him into our DL rankings, but that's a whole nother situation. But honestly, I think, you know, TJ Watt's probably the most valuable IDP asset just because you know what you're going to get with him. And he's got that monster game upside. Um, And if you can play him in a DL spot, I mean, he is, I mean, he's the Travis Kelsey of the defensive line. Um, you know, he's just different. Um, he, the points per game difference on him is I think almost four compared to miles Garrett this year. Um, which is, like I said, we, we opened up the show saying, you know, defensive line is such an uncertain position. Um, and that is reflected in, you know, kind of their lower overall scoring too. They just don't have as safe a floor. TJ Watt offers you a floor, um, and the upside that, you know, in that DL spot. So, yeah, let's keep plugging right along here. Who do we got next coming in? Oh, yeah. Number 10, Deion Jones, Atlanta Falcons, fifth season, 16 games played. Kudos to him. Back to back 16 game seasons. If anybody knows his story, he has had some injury issues in the past. Uh, 284 points on IDP, one, two, three scoring. 25 impact plays. That's kind of how he made his hay this year. He was a big impact player. Um, Career-high pass rushing attempts. He had career-high in sacks. He had 4.5 sacks this year, 10 quarterback hits. Um, Interesting little tidbit about Mr. Deion Jones is he has five defensive touchdowns in his career, and he's played five seasons in the NFL. So he averages a touchdown a year. So next year when you are making your projections, make sure you get pencil them in for, you know, .9 or whatever it may be. Um, And it's his third straight – but, you know, this is the thing. It's his third straight season with fewer than eight pass deflections, which – you know, he started his career out with a pretty high number, 11 and 10. Eight's still good, um, but that, you know, that was something we counted on a little bit more uh, early in his career. Um, third season, playing uh, 15 or more games, but logging less than 115 combined tackles. So he doesn't offer the same kind of floor that some of the other players offer uh, at the position, but he does. He did come through this year with the impact plays. Um, John, what are your thoughts on my man Deion Jones? 
Yeah, so Deion Jones, he's another one of those guys that's just like a really good linebacker, right? So you know that he's going to be on the field because his team's his team trusts him. Um, and he's a good coverage linebacker. Like you see it kind of with his pass breakup numbers, his interception numbers, things like that. He's able to kind of stick with tight ends and running backs and, and make plays on the ball. Um, the pass rush numbers are crazy this year. So we kind of mentioned it earlier, but he basically he almost doubled his pass rush like career high um it went from 45 to 85 this year um which is a pretty insane jump and that uh, i always say like i mean it i guess it depends on how you look like at it some people don't like um off ball linebackers that rush the passer because it might take them away from you know making a play in coverage or something like that and i mean i understand it for sure but i i like it as a way to raise their floor right and and give them a little bit more upside because oh, you yeah and yeah and especially if you're scoring quarterback hits like quarterback hits are a nice little like just bonus points right and yeah. they're, they're tacked on the sacks too so i mean just take those i i i like those kinds of guys Deion jones is one of my favorite for sure yeah like you said um you know those are high leverage pass rushing snaps or high leverage snaps you know they're behind the line of scrimmage you know impact plays and idp one two three you know sacks are a six point play and tackles for loss end up being a net four point play those are you know essentially the two most you know valuable plays that aren't turnovers in uh you know real football essentially i mean they move the line of scrimmage backwards and an idp one two three they are awarded uh like you know appropriately i feel like too so Deion jones rushing the passer you know like you said some people want them in coverage but that doesn't make any sense to me because you want high leverage behind the line of scrimmage snaps you want to make high leverage big impact plays and that's what Deion jones did 25 impact plays i mean he had a paltry 108 tackles um but here he is in the top 10 um, and that's on the back of the high leverage snaps that he played with Dan Quinn this year. And that's why, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm excited about what's going to be happening with Jalen Smith. Assuming another full 16 seasons, I think we could get a career impact play season out of him, um, which could be good. You know, with his 120 tackle floor, you're telling me you're going to get Deion Jones. Plus, you know, we, we could be we could look at a really big season from uh uh, Jalen Smith coming up. So Deion Jones as well. You know, he had 10 quarterback hits. Just briefly want to mention that. His, he's had six his whole career before that. So that shows you, you know, just how much more he was utilized in that fashion this season previously in his entire career. So yeah. Yeah. You gotta love those pass rush attempts. Like and, and that's the thing with them too, right? It's not like they're doing it on every single play. Like there's still plenty of snaps that somebody like Deion Jones is getting while they're in coverage. It's just you know, if he's doing it 85 out of whatever it is, 900 to 1,000 snaps, it's really not, you know, going to take him away from too many tackles, but instead it's going to help him get those sack numbers. So, Amen, brother. Give me a sack all day. Oh, yeah. All right, let's move this on quickly. We got two more guys to finish, then we'll be through with your linebacker ones from 2020. Like we said, we're telling you all the truth. This is real talk. We're going over what they did, how they did it, how we got here, you know, and kind of prognosticating going forward. Here into the list is where we get to the guys which were the biggest surprises. Well, that is Eric Wilson from the Minnesota Vikings in his fourth season. He played 16 games. I think he only started 15. He came in in relief of Anthony Barr. It had an incredible season, 280 points and IDP 123 scoring. He, like Deion Jones, also had 25 cumulative impact plays. Waiver wire pickup of the season, in my opinion. You know, I know some people may say Alex Singleton or Cameron Curl, but the fact that you picked up Eric Wilson week two or week three and you got a linebacker one through the whole season, you know, that's 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 big. You know, I mean, like top twin, top 12 guy off the waiver wire, and he was on your team all season. 
you know, top-notch stuff right there. High, like I said, high-level impact player. Um, eight pass deflections this year, three interceptions. Uh, had zero pass deflections previously in his career, even though he had started uh, 10 games before this year. Uh, he had no pass deflections, which I thought was kind of interesting. And he's a previously appeared in 32 uh, games as a linebacker, but didn't really get a start until this year. What are your thoughts on Eric Wilson, um, John? Yeah, so Eric Wilson kind of popped on like the radar last year a little bit, right? Kind of filling in for for injuries in, in the Vikings linebacker core. And that kind of, for me, like what I saw him kind of do, like the numbers that he could put up as an IDP linebacker while he was a starter kind of made me stash him in a few leagues just based on like how I know Minnesota likes to use their linebackers. They like to have two guys out there. Um and, and he's different than Anthony Barr, right? Anthony Barr, they like to use more as a pass rusher. Anthony Barr's not as much of a tackler as as Eric Wilson. So what I was doing was kind of stashing Eric Wilson in a lot of dynasty leagues and stuff just at the chance that somebody might get hurt. And it happened to be Anthony Barr this year. It worked out um, in a few different leagues. But he's, yeah, he, he's been good. He, I mean, it helped that Kendricks missed some time as well. So he, he kind of jumped to LB1 in Minnesota uh, for a few games as well. But um, they were, yeah, they were I, neck and neck all season. I mean, they were kind of going back and forth on who was ahead. When I, you know, Kendricks, speaking of which, he would be in this list, everyone. Do not sleep on Eric Kendricks. If we if he had stayed healthy, he would 100% be in this list. I think he was scoring more points per game on the season than Darius Leonard was. Um, so he was a total beast. He still finished pretty high. Um, so shout out Eric Will Eric Kendricks there. But you know, obviously we're talking about Eric Wilson. They made their hay a little bit differently. Um, but like you said, the you know the 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 behind the line of scrimmage plays, the pass rushing plays. I mean, he had nine quarterback hits here. Um, you know, he had three and a half sacks. It looks like or three sacks. It looks like. Um, you know, you can compare that to some other guys higher than him. You know, Blake Martinez only got six quarterback hits. Um, Jalen Smith only four. So, again, playing some of those high leverage snaps we were just talking about. You know, you said you've been stashing him and all that. It's his fourth year, first year as a starter. Is Eric Kendricks a name we need to be thinking about in terms of maybe seeing him here again? It's it's possible, right? Like, I think Anthony Barr, he'll be back next year, which obviously – kind of dampens um, Wilson's value a little bit, but I mean, it's it, Minnesota does use three linebackers a, a little bit. And that's why you see like um, Wilson's snap numbers in the first two weeks, like he was out there, he was playing. Um, and I think like after Anthony Barr went down, I think it was Troy Dye got a chance to play a little bit and then they bumped Todd Davison, whatever. But, um, but yeah, so he he could still provide some value in like really deep leagues, I think. But I think for the most part, they're probably still going to roll with Anthony Barr, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, one of those guys gets hurt again, then Wilson bang right away. You know who you're getting off the waiver wire and you know what you're getting out of him. So um, he, there's still value to be had, I think. And and I like the, I like the idea of stashing certain guys that you know – um, like even maybe it's Tyrell Adams next year or something, right? Like if you can stash a guy like that and, um, you know, McKinney or, or Zach Cunningham gets hurt again, then you you pop these guys into your lineup. Same thing with Eric Wilson. Nice, nice. Yeah. Love me some Eric Wilson. I uh, have him in a couple of IDP dynasties and it's nice. a very nice feeling. And so yeah. do I have our last player here, our last linebacker one of 2020. Foisade Olakum, third season with the Atlanta Falcons, slid into that Devondre Campbell role 
next to uh, Deion Jones this year. 15 games played, although it was really more like 14 because he got knocked out of one of the early games after like 20 snaps. Um, but 15 games played, 274 points, IDP 1-2-3 scoring, 18 impact plays, not an, anywhere near the impact player Deion Jones was, but he had 117 total tackles, 78 of those being uh, solo, 117 total, 17 being solo, obviously career, uh, both career numbers because he had never been a full-time starter before. Um Nerds linebacker 25 right now on sleeper. He does have a dual eligibility for defensive back and linebacker, which is always nice to have on your team. What are your thoughts on Olakun? You know, how did he do this year? And do you think he's going to be a player that kind of sticks around on this Atlanta team and uh, is a piece of, you know, whatever they decide to do with Atlanta here this going for this next year? And how is his play? Like, is does he, is he deserve to keep be on the field or, or what are we looking at here? Yeah, he's not bad. Um, he's he kind of grades out in, in like an average uh, territory from from what I remember. Just working off the top of my head, I, I was kind of looking at it earlier, and he's he's not a bad player. He, he does a lot of things well, um, and like you said, he steps into the Devondre Campbell role. So we saw Campbell get a hundred plus tackles in this system, and Aluokan stepped right in and did the exact same thing. So I think. I think he's in a good spot in Atlanta to kind of do that. We know that they they'll run two linebackers out pretty much every snap. Um, you know, not every team does that anymore. So he's in a good in a good place to do it uh, again next season. I think he's under contract for sure next season, and um, after that he might be a free agent. But um, at least for next year, we know he should be on the team, and and I'd expect. Honestly, I'd expect similar numbers. I think he's going to be a guy that probably doesn't get drafted in the top 12. Um, but, I mean, he's shown already the potential to finish in that area. He probably ends up going, like you said, you guys have him LB25. That's probably where he ends up going. Um, but he's he's got that upside because, again, he's another one that um, can be used as a pass rusher and, and make it. He rushed the passer quite a bit as well. I was looking, um, yeah. you know, he and Deion Jones kind of went after it about the same amount. Yeah. Um, Deion Jones got home with quite a few more tackles for a loss. Right. Which obviously helped his boost his score, but Olakun had nine quarterback hits as well. So those are always nice. Yes. <clears throat> Yeah, and the only two the only two teammates on this list too. So it shows that like you can kind of have value if you're drafting guys from the same team, right? You don't have to worry necessarily like, oh, you know, Deion Jones is so good, will this guy even make any points? Or Bobby Wagner's so good, will, will the next guy make points? Right? KJ Wright, whatever, he didn't have as good of a year, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it shows that there can be value in an LB two on a team too, right? Oh yeah, I mean, the Browns are a good example of that. Kirksey and Schobert were both very viable there for a season or two or three. Um, then you had uh, Leighton Vanderesh and Jalen Smith a couple of years ago. Like you mm-hmm. said, it was Ola Kuhn and Deion Jones, and honestly, Kendricks and Eric Wilson too. Kendricks just missed it, like I said, because the injury. But on points per game basis, he was a linebacker one. He was yeah. top six linebacker uh, most of the season. So, yeah, there's no reason. I That's a narrative to an IDP that I kind of frustrates me when people are like, yeah. oh, well, so-and-so is not going to be good because so other player player X on that team is also good. Blake Martinez is going to take all the tackles from Jabril Peppers. I mean, if you if you, things are less binary than tackles, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that's a very, you know, uh, reductive way of playing IDP, in my opinion, just saying, oh, this player is going to steal this from that, or, oh, this pass rusher is here, so this guy's going to get less sacks. That, on, based on what? You know, yeah. just how you feel right now, what you heard some other guy say. Um, so 
I don't, you know, a good, I, you know, give me, give me the talent, give me a good player who gets behind the line of scrimmage, who stays healthy over, you know, just some, some guy, just a Jag, you know, streaming linebacker, you know, Tyrell Adams, you know, hats off to what you did for people this year. Singleton hats off, you know, had some big games there, but um, you know, give me, give me a tried and true uh, impact player. Um, John, appreciate you coming on with us. Any, uh, Thing you want to plug? Any topics you want to cover real quick? Any you know, just chit chat you want to have before we tell the IDP army, uh, you know, bid them adieu, or you know, what what's up with you? Um, no, I just want to say thanks for having me on. Uh, that was really cool, nice talk, and it's always nice to kind of recap the season, look back at uh, the guys that helped us win our fantasy championships, hopefully, um, or at least performed well. And uh, yeah, so basically, right now I'm just uh, doing a weekly article for for PFF.com. Um, I'll plug those usually on my Twitter every week at PFF underscore Macri. Um, and it's mostly going to be all dynasty related, um, this off season, which is the first time I've gotten a chance to kind of actually write about, um, dynasty. So as we get closer to the draft, there'll be some more stuff on, uh, incoming rookies and things like that. So I'm excited. Good stuff. Good stuff. Awesome. Well, man, we really appreciate you coming on the IDP army. I'm sure we'll get some good information on this. I'm going to get you out of here real quick and then I'm going to shut down the show and I'll talk to you for a second afterwards. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's been a, an absolute pleasure and a good time. So um, until next time. So IDP army, that's it for me. Jordan Reigns at 50 Shades of Drunk. Follow me on Twitter. Make sure you guys follow the Instagram at IDP Army, the Twitter at IDP Army. We are dropping some fire over there. Check out my most recent articles on DynastyNerds.com. Go check out their YouTube channel sub. Go check out the merch store. We got awesome stuff over there. And yeah, I'll be back next week talking the defensive backs, talking real talk defensive backs. And the week after that, we'll be having real talk. We'll talk the defensive line players of 2020. And then we'll start looking forward. We'll start getting ready for 2021. We'll start talking some trades and all that good stuff. So thanks for hanging with me. Subscribe to the show. Leave a review. Appreciate you all. And that's all for me. I'm out. Let the rain hit the sand. Build a house on a rock. Got a plan. Got to get stocks. Keep them bands. Hear the clock tick blades on a fan. Used to be mundane on a Monday. Now you have fun day on a Sunday. Cause you're switching it up and you're living it up.